Hey there. Thanks for listening to the Trophy Husbands podcast. Make sure you look us up on Instagram at Trophy Husbands Pod and be sure to send in your recommendations and your requests for our Trophiest Husband competition. Enjoy the episode. So I'll start us off with a story. I already told Joe the story, but I'll tell you the story, Sam, because right. you were you were fighting with your fiance. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yesterday, I w- I was flying home from Cuba. We were in Cuba for a week, and um, we were in the airport in Veradero, and it was like ten minutes to boarding when all of a sudden the screen changes. Um, to change it to, to, to display like our flight was delayed by nine hours um, and there's like no Wi-Fi in this airport barely any air conditioning um, and they gave us like two food vouchers for these nasty ham sandwiches like <laughs> unbelievable <Dang>. it was <laughs> like it, oh man how do I describe this how do I describe this to you guys it was Literally like unclean the least flavorless of bread and then craft singles Ooh. and lukewarm deli meat yum um, delicious no sauce wrapped in saran wrap <laughs> the least the least flavorless bread <laughs> the least flavorful <laughs> bread with no flavor it was there was no flavor to it and it was all crumbly and what so anyway flavor is bread I think that it. Ju- I think I would just describe the flavor of bread as bread, like it's just and like how you would describe the flavor of salt. As I, salty. I don't think you could though, because like you have. I think you bread have, is like, bready. You got whole whole grain bread. You got um. You got rye bread. You got pumpernickel <laughs> bread. Yeah, but you got those are. I think those just add flavors to the base flavor of bread. So how can bread not taste like bread? If it's if bread is what bread tastes like, it just it just can't it just doesn't it just didn't it just didn't it just didn't yeah. it was bread that didn't that tasted like not bread it didn't taste like wheat no I feel like taste. bread tastes like wheat like burnt wheat not burnt well, what does <laughs> gluten free bread taste like <laughs> oh dang you got Gluten-free me there bread is just oh that's why it tastes terrible because it's it just trying to be like bread yeah. it's not bread oh it's, yeah exactly so it was like it was glutinous bread that tasted like gluten-free bread here we go now this oh. is this is the neat this is the way i needed to describe it anyway so yeah that's we our episode <laughs> that's thanks for tuning in we bought a deck of cards tried to make the most of it we actually had a good time we had a good time in this airport but yeah it was crazy and then we got in at five in the morning so i'm obviously so dead yeah dang that's the end of my story (laughs) thanks for tuning in it's a good thing we're only having a very serious discussion today Uh, yeah instead of something you could slack off on yeah i'm I'm glad you segued into that story by saying sam you just fought with your fiance but here's me jet lagged i'm glad i'm glad that's how that played out (laughs) all right so james you're the trophy husband this week what do you what do you got for us 
So um, there's this ministry in the U.S. that I really like called Eden Invitation. Um, and they just they do really cool stuff. Essentially, it, it's like the idea is that it's this community of people for people who experience gender dysphoria and same-sex attraction. Um, and the whole way that they like have structured their ministry is like it's not an apologetics ministry. It's not like we're trying to explain the church's teaching on this or anything like that. It was like it was started by Catholics who, you know, live those experiences and um, realize that so much of like, especially the Catholic world is built around like being married. Like if you need an airport pickup, your wife or your husband is going to be the one that's going to pick you up at three in the morning or Maria and I pick up Joe at two in the morning. Drive um, me to the airport at two in the drive morning. Drive you to the airport at two in the morning. Um, but yeah, so like it's so so many things in our society are built for like people who are in relationships. And if you are a Catholic who chooses to live celibate, um, that's not very easy. Mm. Uh, so the whole idea of their ministry is they build community for people who live these experiences mm. so that they can be part of a family even though they're Catholic choosing to live celibate. Yeah. So it's a really, it's a really cool ministry. Um, and I was reading a, uh, a blog post from them and, um, and this is kind of what triggered, the, I read this blog post a while ago, but what triggered the thought is um, I was in Cuba and Cuba is like a very communist country. And I was just thinking about like, you know, Cuba's communist. We are not communist. We still have a lot of issues I think that like the bigger something gets, the more difficult it is to keep things running well and, and healthy. Like, um, I promise these things connect. <laughs> um, so anyway, I was thinking about that and I was like, why doesn't the church operate smaller? You know what I mean? Like, cause the bigger an institution it is, the, the more easy it is for abuse to creep in and issues and problems and stuff. So I was like, why doesn't the church have like, you know, a smaller cell version of it. It feels like it's just like universal church, diocese, parish. And there's nothing that's smaller than that to help keep things from getting out of hand. You know what I mean? Um, and I was thinking about that. Um, and, and I like our government is kind of the same way. It's like, it's so big that it just like allows for a lot of issues to creep mm. in. So I was like, if the church is like so wise, why, why are we set up this way? And it, it kind of dawned on me. I was like, okay, well, for a long time, the small base of that was the family. Um, so you have these families or like household units and not like nuclear families that we think of when we think of like our immediate family. It'd be like the whole extended family and, and everybody connected with them, right? right? It's this big but small unit. Um, and if the church is operating like that, like that's really great because there's this small expression of the church in every home. Um, so So anyway... Obviously, that's not happening today because there's been such a breakdown in, in the understanding of like family and what family means. And, and there's a lot of people out there that really want to just like fix that. And I think that's a really noble goal. I feel like at least for the next couple centuries, we're not going to get there because things are just so broken. And you have like you have pe people who are like single moms and people who are, you know, in an old relationships or divorces or blended families or whatever. Like, it's just like family is so complicated, more complicated than it was before. Um, so the way, the way that these two things connect, Eden Invitation talks a lot about, like they have a shared inheritance with the LGBTQ community around the idea of found family. Mm. So 
a lot of people in the LGBT community have been like kicked out of their families or, you know, experienced some kind of like shame in that way. And so they need to find a family to pull around them. And Eden Invitation was saying like, okay, like this is an experience that a lot of people in the LGBTQ community experience. It's actually also a huge part of our experience as a church. Like we are a found family for people who become part of the family of God if their biological family doesn't accept them. So anyway, I just thought that whole concept was really interesting because in a really broken world um, and a broken understanding of family, the concept of found family, I think, is even more important um, in the church today. So what I was hoping we could talk about was like, what does it look like to develop a sense of family with people beyond your own? How do you find that? How do you explore that? All right. Step one. Uh, you become a police officer. Step two, you start infiltrating legal street racing gangs. Step three, eight movies later, I think you're fighting the Russians. Paul Walker dies. And you drive a car to space. But at the end of the day, you've found yourself a family. family. And that's what it's all about in the end. Actually, when I was in Havana, the, the, our tour guide like pointed out you found like, a Paul Walker. Oh, I wish. Living alive um, in Havana. <laughs> he like pointed at a section of the street and he was like, Oh, you know this scene from like Fast and Furious Eight? It was filmed right there. Nice. Okay, so we're onto something. We are. Uh, <laughs> All of these things are connected. That's funny. <laughs> I like I don't know. The 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 people the people that I've found I, I would consider like I would consider like my family apart from like my, my actual my actual blood family like are just friends that are that have grown past the point of friendship but into like into a deeper community like they're like the guys like the guys that i meet up with like those that's like that's my family as well like that's those are the people i journey with those are the people that know me best those are the people that are able to call me onto holiness uh in such a in such a particular way but more than just the guys there's like i don't know like Kristen and maria like i would consider them like my family as well because like yeah our, our friendship has has grown past the point oh well I, I i'm not speaking for them i'm speaking for myself <laughs> but it's grown past the point of like just mere friendship i don't know that might have not been like the deep answer you were looking for, but that's no, 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 a surface that's exactly level. What I was, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Oh, okay. For. Well, there you go. <laughs> what was the question again? I got lost in my own Fast and Furious. Uh, <laughs> I don't actually remember what you were asking. <laughs> Sam is recounting his experiences of found family, and Joe is like, Paul Walker. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Walker is my family. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, like, what have your experiences been like of, like, finding family beyond your own biological family, and how do we do that? <laughs> um, that's a... I don't know. I feel like I rarely consider, like, who would be part of my, like, family beyond my own blood like that's not a question i think about often how do you find it 
I don't know. I think I'm going to have to develop opinions as this conversation happens. <laughs> um, but I would say... I think... I don't know. You There's some people that you are able to be more authentically yourself with. Um, and those are the people I think that you want to keep near you as your family. You know, like... Uh, I, I feel like... Yeah, you, you know, there's... I think a, a common experience is people trying to, trying to fit in. Hmm. Um, but once you find yourself with a group of people where you don't actually try, you just show up, you're there, and and right. there's like a sense of freedom in just being with them. I guess that's when you start to realize that you found your family. It makes me think of um, I just <laughs> I just watched the episode of Community yesterday where um, Jack Black tries to like join the group. <laughs> so like yes the whole premise of community is like it's this study group and they're like super tight-knit and really weird and um this one episode jack black cameos is like a character who always sits in the back of their class and thinks that they're really cool and like wants to join their like study group and join their family and um he just tries so hard like he like sings everything and like kicks jeff in the face and makes them lemon squares um and it's just like a lot um and they have this like meeting to talk about like what are our membership guidelines or whatever anyway anyway all that to say um it's a great episode and i think it's like a really extreme like it's a really extreme example but i do actually think because what, what they end up finding is they they decide like we don't want to be exclusive we want to like be welcoming and, and let this guy like in our group mm. a- after like much debate they finally come to a decision and they're like all right like you're in welcome to the welcome to the group and he's like so hyped and then all of a sudden this other study group comes up and they're like hey buddy like we thought about it and you're in like welcome to our study group and then he turns to like the study the main study group that he wanted to be part of and he was like oh sorry you guys were my second like i actually want to be with those guys and he like, mm. leaves them you know what i mean yeah. um i think there's almost this like i've talked about this before maybe on this podcast i can't remember but like there's such a thing as like healthy mature exclusivity where like it's okay yes if it's not welcoming yes. because if if it's too well if like if the certain if a certain kind of community is too welcoming then it undoes some of the depth that can be had yes. when there is an exclusive exclusivity mm-hmm. that exists yeah two things two things come to mind the first is like the first is like yes, I think that human weakness, uh, like allows us to to be too exclusive to the point where we don't want to welcome other people into our communities, into our friendships, uh, into our friend groups because we feel like, oh, strangers are going to make our dynamic weird. Mm. And so that that's definitely definitely a sign of human kind of weakness but also like like what you're saying like it is important to to have some healthy boundaries in that like your relationship to to a friend group or to friends in particular like is special and and it doesn't mean that every single person 
that you come across is like hey join our friend group like hey come you should join us like we're like we're all going to a pub and then it turns into like a a crowd of 100 people that are going to a pub because that's not personal anymore that's just like that's just like a party i don't know but and then the second thing going back to what you like how you introduce this topic about so much of our life is geared towards um like being in a relationship being married being like having some someone that you spend all your time with i think like what came to mind with that was just like in like the story of creation it says that man is not made to be alone and this that's like and like yes the 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 genesis isn't supposed to be taken like uh literally but like there is something to be said there because like what what about the people who aren't like are choosing the celibate life like it is still good for them to have that community and it, i i would say it's yeah. necessary like it, solitude can be so detrimental to like your your mental health your spiritual life i mean some people are called to solitude and like hats off to them like i would i <laughs> i tried it we did like a, a silent retreat in ireland that sucked man i couldn't couldn't talk to anyone i couldn't do anything i like had my music which like got me through it but like that sucked <laughs> but yeah like it is good to have community and and like we we were made for community whether that is like for relationship or a larger community yeah yeah i think what i took away from your community reference was (laughs) um in that okay uh community like a family is one of our deepest needs that we all have to meet um but i think if you are looking for a family just to meet your needs Mm. you will not actually find a family and this right Mm. jack black is he's looking for just like status he's looking for a group and he's not actually there because he cares about these people he's not there to offer like unconditional support like fast and furious i've only seen one of the movies but the vibe i get is very much just like like we will do anything for our family like each one there will do whatever it takes for the other people there um and it's a other focused Mm. Uh, but jack black here is fully fully like it's fully selfish and then and then eventually the group extends a welcome and they you know against their better instincts they try to be welcoming and at the drop of a hat he he leaves them for another group uh so i would say that is like Hmm. your family if you if you're trying to find family um it needs to be with people you care enough about to yeah, that you love like to mm. to to the point of it's costly to you um mm. and who 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 returned that obviously because i'm not telling you to go be an absolute simp just so you can have some <laughs> friends like <laughs> don't do that because you need to have that radar for when they're taking advantage of you um but oh, that's funny that's a really yeah. that's a really good observation yeah. joe i think like um 
maybe that's where the exclusivity bit comes in. And I've like wrestled with this a lot because I, I, I genuinely believe it's important for communities to be exclusive and to not be so intent on growing their community. To a certain extent. That they, yeah. Yeah. So like it, but then, then the trade-off of that is like, we are actually called to be like a welcoming family. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess then like the exclusivity bit comes in, like when two people or a group of people are unconditionally committed to each other. Yeah. And that's what makes a difference. And you can't like unconditionally commit to somebody that you met yesterday. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it takes, it takes time. Um, which is why, like, I think healthy communities should be somewhat exclusive but also willing to like walk with a person for a long time mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah like i'm i'm involved with uh the the young adults community here in ottawa uh, the only one like there's only one and this is it um <laughs> but no i'm kidding but um I was gonna say I can't tell if you're being sarcastic. <laughs> no, no, like Bayswater and Young Mafia. <laughs> um, it is in Little Italy, and like I was just like, it, as you guys were talking about that, I was just like imagining a situation in my head where like people are coming to our events and like meeting new people, but saying like, no, we can't be friends because I already have a friend group. Like, not only is that, like, hurtful to be, for, for that to be said to you, but, but, like, that's just, like, like, what are you doing in a, in, in a, in a, in an event that's meant to foster community, like, just being exclusive in that context? Like, it, that, that's, that's not the point of that. And so, yeah. like, there there are there are clear instances where it's like no like you you have to be you have to be inclusive and it it's good to be inclusive but then there are other times where it's like i mean we talked about this in the community in in like building community episode but it was just like like yeah a relationship and a marriage is exclusive like yeah. Like you can't just be like, "Hey, want to join our marriage?" Like, no, like that's not how that works. <laughs> it's just like it is exclusive between you, your spouse, and God. Sam, I, I think, I think you did request to join our marriage. At, at I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to which the answer is a polite but firm no. <laughs> uh, I just, I just got a firm though, so that's honestly pretty good. <laughs> well, okay. Nothing polite well, about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's true. I think, I think it's it's like, um, sure, like okay, a marriage is an exclusive exclusive relationship. A family is to some degree an exclusive relationship. But then think about like, you have a kid. That kid is going to be part of your like community you know mm-hmm. what i mean so like even in like if the family is kind of the model that we're building basing community off of like then mm-hmm. uh like this metaphor is weird now new people are added to the family <laughs> um so you're saying that you and i conceptualized the idea of this podcast and joe is our child because he yeah. was add- <laughs> added on to it <clears throat> As a result of our intimate union with each other. (laughs) 
<laughs> I would just like to say that I was asked to join a podcast with you a year yes, before that's this started. True. That's true. If you <laughs> forgot about that, that that's your that's, problem. That is true. <laughs> so maybe it's more so that we are intimately united with each other and the podcast is our baby. Oh. oh so Okay. Kind of like the Trinity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that this went in so many, like, heretical yeah. directions. Hey, I didn't say you were God. If you heard that in my words, that's, I can't control that. That's true, because it, if we were God, then we would have to shower wealth on our followers. It's true. Which we I shower some wealth on. <laughs> in specific. I think we'd have more than, like... 30 listeners or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> if you were God. Then again, Jesus had like 12. That's so. True. That's true. Hey, that's true. Yo, do we do better weekly numbers than Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> like, I know he had the big events where he pulled thousands, but like, you know, like. <laughs> hey, we, we have individually done events that have pulled in thousands. Yo, should so. we go at like Seek 2022? Should we, should we be the main speakers? Yes. Trophy husbands are the keynote also, speakers. I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's like a an it's American. Like, it's like American it. Rise yeah. Up. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <We should. laughs> um. Cool. So, finding family is about loving other people unconditionally, not seeking it out to fulfill your own mm. void. <laughs> Um, although your void will be filled, um, you have a ha- you have to have an outward focus, and you have to. What was the other thing? Accept a little bit of exclusivity. Like you're not going to be able to be a part of every community that you're looking at because maybe it's just not your people, and that's actually okay. Like, yeah, I, I don't know, because like, if that's if that's what we're calling family, right? Like loving other people unconditionally that's what we are called to Hmm. that's that's our calling in life is is like is to love unconditionally and you know what though i okay so i was reading i've I've been reading this book called boundaries for the second time (laughs) oh oh my gosh unbelievable we could have a whole series (laughs) on how good this book is um but they're talking about um specifically like friendship and boundaries and um he brought that up right like unconditional love and commitment is so important Mm. in friendship and community and relationship but friendship should be somewhat attachment based like it should be both and Mm. and attachment being like the like psychological term for like hey i like this person I think that they're nice, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Because if it was like, imagine you come up to your friend, and you're like, I find nothing interesting about you. We have no common interests. Right. I actually don't really like you that much as a person, but I am committed to love you because I am <laughs> your friend. You know what I right. mean? Like, that's, um, I think it's got to be a both. Yeah. And like, yeah. attachment can't <clears throat> be prioritized over unconditional love, but it's not I, like, unconditional love can't really exist without some kind of attachment mm. if that makes sense and it's they, they mutually like, strengthen strengthen each other 
unconditional unconditional mm. yeah it's yeah like if you think you've found family and they are behaving in a way that definitely justifies you not considering them your family anymore yeah right do 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 that <laughs> well and i think like this is another thing is like you can love someone and put limits on your exposure to mm. them yeah if you if you need to you know what i mean yeah. Um, because there are like abusive relationships where it's like, out of love, you need to put limits on your exposure to this person, mm. both so that they can grow as a result of you being like, cut off, mm. and so that you can heal. So it's mm-hmm. like, it it is a, it's it's still unconditional love, but it doesn't manifest in that. Like, I don't think unconditional love just means like I will do anything for you, yeah. even if it ruins yeah. my life you know and, what I mean? and there's a difference in like a relationship like like a marriage where a vow is taken and you know yeah. any of us who i would consider family but like there's much much looser boundaries yeah. there like like yeah. or stronger boundaries less defined ties yeah I guess. I, and and i think i do think that the ideal is to like just go deeper and deeper in that but just because the ideal is like deeper commitment, willingness to go even further, <clears throat> just because that's the ideal doesn't mean you have to be there today. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, True. it's okay to be like, hey, we are like kind of, we kind of know each other right now. Maybe if I know you for like 40 years and we've gone through like hell, my commitment to you is going to be way stronger. Mm. You know what I mean? But like, I wouldn't place that same level of commitment yeah. on somebody that I met last yeah. week. And and because and that's the thing, like family, natural, like your tr- your natural family is such a confusing thing, because <laughs> yeah. like there is, <laughs> in, in some sense, like what? <laughs> Sorry, I just like what? I just like thought of family as like people that you're forced to love because if you're supposed to love your family, then you just gotta. No matter what they do, you just gotta put up with them. But no, I actually yeah. love my yeah. family. I, I want to say that. But <laughs> and you can but, you can put limits on your exposure to your family if that is necessary. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but but like the the weird thing is that like when you talk about family, you talk about like oh the depth and the unconditional love and the commitment. It's like that doesn't look like what most people want it to look like. Mm-hmm. Right. Usually, you know, like if you talk about like brothers you know as like as men like if you're like oh that's my brother it's like the most it's super intense like that's like a oh like big ride or die whatever but like most brothers like a lot of brothers have no idea how to be vulnerable with each other yeah. or like mm-hmm. you know like uh, yeah it's it's really surface level but at the same time it's like you have this weird it's like well right. we've been together forever we kind of always will be and yeah. you maintain like that relationship even though it's like not super intense or deep necessarily but still unconditional and like long lasting so i think the idea of family comes with just like i don't know like recognize that yeah this i guess the that your relationship will be in many different um stages of depth or intensity in terms of like vulnerability and just like uh longevity and uh sharing of your life and different things because like some of like with my brothers it's like as we've gotten older and like lately it's gone more deep and more um more personal 
but even growing up, I was like, yeah, these are my brothers. Like, it's great, and and they were important, but we mostly just kind of played sports together. Yeah. You screw around right. with the video games, but you're still your brothers. And so, you know, people who are missing out on that are still missing out on something huge, but it doesn't mean you have now found someone who you, you will sh- totally share your life with. Yeah. So. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think, like you have different relationships with every one of your family members like Uh, unconditional love for each of your family members is going to look really different like we were like sam you were talking about like oh like these are the people that you're forced to love like you're stuck with them and it's like you are stuck with them but maybe you have some family family members that you need to be like not around for for a really good reason you know what i mean or maybe you have other family members that you're like super deep with right and i I think that the same thing kind of applies to like found family. Like mm-hmm. you can find family and love yes. people unconditionally yes. and it's okay if your relationships look really different. Mm. Like great example. Oh. The relationships that I had in Ottawa with people are like for some of them like 21 years old, you know what I mean? Like been around for a really long time. Like I've known you guys since like I was I, I don't know, like grade eight or grade nine. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, those relationships are going to be different and deeper than the relationships that I I have been building over the last few months, which I think are amazing. Mm-hmm. But they don't have the same history. They don't have the same experiences. Maybe some of those relationships will move faster than some of the relationships that I had in Ontario. Maybe some of them will move slower. And the important thing is not to be like, all right, I have to rush these relationships that I get back to the exact same level of mm. like depth and commitment that I had with my people back home. It's like, these are a different set of people with different experiences in a different circumstance. And every relationship is going to move at a different pace and in a different direction in a different way. Right. Mm. Yeah. I think it's, Who, uh, it's, it's cool. Cause we're going back to the start. We're saying, okay, like family, family for you might not be, what it might not be the experience of like family and community that you can experience with other people and and that's not to say that that's bad like there like mm-hmm. like you said there there are some family members that like you're close to there's some that you aren't there's some that you that like you have to set boundaries with um yeah and healthy boundaries at that but like that doesn't mean that your whole conception of family has to be shot because it's not people that you share blood with or that you're not right. like didn't come out of the same womb from i don't know yeah and and if you don't have any like if you don't have any of the deep intense relationships that you imagine found family should look like in your life right now it's okay yeah. you're not going to have mm-hmm. them tomorrow maybe you'll have them in a couple of years the important thing is to like be where you're at and persevere in the relationships that you do have and not push them to go in any way, but more so just follow, follow what happens naturally. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Who is the, if you could include one person in your found family, who would it be? Timothy Chalamet. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> Paul Rudd. That's... Paul Rudd. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. Um, Stephen Batza. 
I have no idea who, who? that is. <laughs> oh, Steven! Steven. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Steven! Yeah. Good man. Steven, you're part yeah. of my band. Bad family. <laughs> good man. Um, <laughs> all right. Yeah. That was good. I like that. I feel like we should wrap this one yeah. up. Um, okay. So, segments. This week, I know it's been a couple of weeks that I haven't actually given you guys some 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 history facts but this is yet another week where you're not getting a history fact because <laughs> because i finished my degree um this on sunday so a week ago thank you thank you yeah thank you uh i finished my history degree and um as i was working this week it was like it's really slow so i was just like i'm gonna count all the essays i've ever written during my degree so in in the four years that I've been in university uh, studying history, um, there are sixty three essays that I have currently on wow. hand, and then on top of that, there there are essays that I've had to write in person as like my exams. So I'd say it adds up to like over seventy essays that I've had to write in four years, which is wow. insane. But That's that tracks. Yeah. Who who knew you only had to know seventy things to get a history degree? <laughs> <laughs> that's, all, that's all it takes. <laughs> the seventy essays of history. So making. honestly, listen to this podcast for seventy episodes, <laughs> and and you got you got yourself a history. Well, well, like seventy five yeah. since like for three weeks you haven't given us any real history. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's funny. Nice. Uh, um, I forgot to do mine, and then as we were talking, I picked one. Um, so I'm going to recommend, in in the in the spirit of a found family episode, uh, it's called "Idle Wild One Word South" by the Allman Brothers Band. It's a album from 1970. It's like southern rock, a little blues influenced little country tinged but tastefully Ooh, tastefully like done and I like, like it. it sounds it's like a very forward-thinking album for a blues southern country rock album like instrumentally i love when i find like old music where i i can you can just kind of tell sometimes that like these guys were a little ahead of their time like a lot of people probably heard this and wanted to yeah, you know, like wanted to emulate their style a bit. Mm. So yeah, really good. I literally just listened to it. I think yesterday for the first time. I thought it was really good. Cool. So there we go. There you go. Um, okay, I read this one from from the BBC Science Focus magazine, and it was exposing the myths of productivity, <laughs> the things that are true and the things that are false. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so it went through a, a couple different things. Like it said, like waking up at four a.m. doesn't make you more productive, but getting a good amount of sleep does make you more productive, blah, 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 blah. But the one that I found most interesting was this one. Go for walks and decorate your workplace with plants is true. And this is why. Our brains love to be engaged in something active. Um, it's it's called um, fascination, which means like the process of attention restoration. Um, and the problem is that in our world today, there's a lot of things that actively captivate our brains so billboards and screens and writing and colors and shapes and all that stuff actively engages our brain um which is good for our brains like our brains enjoy that 
but also it tires us out. Um, and so like I notice if I look at a screen for too long, I like want to die. Um, yeah. But <laughs> funny you bring that up as we marathon <laughs> three episode recording in a row. <laughs> um, but apparently looking at greenery or going for a walk in the forest or even even something literally as simple as like looking at the house plant you have on your desk engages your brain in a way that like keeps you occupied and interested while restoring your brain instead of taking away energy wow so the more um kind of green stuff like more plants you have in your life basically um the more restored your brain is like they say like um i read somewhere like going for a 10 minute walk in the woods every day is like one of the best things for your mental health that you can do like it just like restores your brain looking at trees makes so much sense. here i was yeah. just trying to grow an avocado <laughs> there you have it that is very nice uh so our trophiest husband qualifier um for this week you know fathers and and husbands are some 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 of the uh, trademark things that they do like for mother's day or like on a sunday morning is pancake breakfast Right? Waffles, pancakes. Mm. So yeah. the next one is the last person to have made pancakes. Specifically pancakes? We'll say pancakes. Yeah, we'll say pancakes. I I can't make pancakes. I made a pancake in high school and it came out looking like a scrambled egg. So <laughs> it's been a really long time. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I've beaten James. <laughs> I would say it's been I'd say it's been two months since I've made pancakes. Okay. It's been probably like a year. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, we gotta get okay. Joe up here. Somebody sends You know what? Here's the thing. All of our listeners are just haters and they don't want me to win. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to anyways. It's true. He and um so he's yeah. gonna army crawl his way into the trophy. You guys are not in my head at all. Army yeah. crawl his way into the trophy. <laughs> Just so you see, we're marathon in three episodes right now. I will win by the end of the next two hours. I, I believe it. I believe uh, it. All right. All right. Well, and Sam, you cannot cheat so that I win. You have. To, I won't. I won't. You have to pick these how you always pick them. And judging by the lack of me ever winning them, maybe you're already cheating. But <laughs> you have to keep cheating so I can beat you at your cheating games. Sounds good. And that's it. That's the end of the episode. Sam's a cheater. Goodbye from his d- d- illicitly won trophy case. Uh...